0: Army Ranger Joe Riley and his wife learned from many PCS moves in the Army that there was a need for short-term rentals near military installations. So they created Patriot Family Homes and now have over 350 properties around the country. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move.
1: Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane.
0: Navy Federal Credit Union serves all branches of the military and the families of service members and veterans of all branches. To learn more, go to NavyFederal.org. All right. Talking with Army veteran, Army Ranger Joe Riley from Patriot Family Homes, founder of Patriot Family Homes. Joe, thanks for being here today. Looking forward to talking about what you guys are doing, some great things with uh, affordable housing, mostly near military bases. But we do want to hear what you've done in the Army up to this point.
1: Yeah, so uh, I was an infantry officer by training, uh, commissioned out of ROTC uh, from the University of Virginia, and then was fortunate enough to have a scholarship to go over to Oxford University in the U.K., did my master's and doctorate in international relations there and then came back and uh, uh, was said that the infantry deployed with the range regiments Afghanistan, um, then went to the 101st and then was in Ukraine, actually, uh, when I got uh, called to then my final assignment in the army as I ran uh, our counter China policy on the for the Pacific uh, on the National Security Council for uh, President Trump the last 18 months of the Trump administration. And then it's changed the administration. Uh, I was, uh, even though I was still active duty, I was shown the door. Um, and, uh, so at that time I dropped my packet, did a six month uh, career skill bridge program, mm-hmm. uh, and then transitioned out uh, fully in 2021 to the reserves. Yeah.
0: Uh, you mentioned the, the career skill bridge program, um, just real quick, since you brought it up, like, what did you think of that program? it was good. I've tried to have the uh, retired command sergeant major who's in charge of that program on a couple times, but he hadn't been able to make the interview. Um, i just kind of curious what you thought of that program.
1: Yeah, we lo- I-, I loved it, and 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 candidly, we have had about ten or twelve uh, career skill bridge program uh, interns with our company. Um, right. You know, some of them have then come to workforce full time afterwards, and some of them we've you know helped them then they've gone to law school or you know starting right. their own company. Um, so I think it's a great program for veterans who are transitioning. Um, and, uh, you know, anybody that's interested in learning about real estate and wants to come intern with us, we're you know, happy to have them.
0: Awesome. All right. So tell us a little bit about, as you transition out of the army, did, did you r- go right into with the idea of Patriot family homes or would you go get a, a day job or what, what was your transition like?
1: So for me, it was a little different. So we started Patriot Family Homes while I was still in the Army, um, actually on a deployment uh, to Afghanistan. Uh, I, you know, my wife traveled for work Monday through Friday uh, and, uh, you know, didn't want to spend all of her weekends in scenic Columbus, Georgia uh, anyway. So we just listed our house, you know, left the furniture in it and uh, listed it on Airbnb and Homeway and realized that there was a big need for this around military bases with families, you know, coming and going, particularly mm-hmm. there at Benning for graduations. And so came back and got another one and another one. And then right when I had, uh, I took out my first, you know, sizable loan to go buy several properties, the army said, surprise, you're going to Ukraine. <laughs> and so I thought that's how I go bankrupt because how do I run these very operationally intensive short-term rental properties from a shipping container in rural Ukraine. And luckily one of the guys that was in my unit, uh, his wife who has been a West Point grad and um, been in the army herself and was now out and did real estate said, you know, look, Kate will take care of things uh, while you're gone. And that kind of unlocked what we say has been our secret sauce, which is this awesome team of military spouses that work for us that need remote, portable, flexible employment. And so you know, the vast, you know, we've got about 45, 50 employees now. And, you know, the vast majority of those are military spouses whose husbands are still on active duty or veterans as they're transitioning out.
0: Yeah. You know, looking around on the Patriot Family Homes website before we got in the interview, I was like, holy cow, you've got a really big organization. I mean, you mentioned like 45 employees. Like, um, if, if you don't mind me asking, how many properties do you currently have? Or, or you have so many you don't even know?
1: Uh, We've got about 350.
0: Wow. Man, that's awesome. And you also, <laughs> yeah. I want to touch on a couple of things. You started it while you're still active duty, which I, I would, if for anybody that thinks they want to, you know, start their own business, get into entrepreneurship, if you can start it while you're still in, while you still got a steady paycheck, uh, by all means, you know, that's the best way to go. The other thing I want to touch on was too many times when we jump into entrepreneurship, we're, we're becoming a business owner because we want to do things the way we want to do them for once in our life. And we end up, we think that means we have to do everything. Um, And then we fall into this solo entrepreneurial trap where we can't do everything. We can't be a Jack of all trades. We can't be experts at everything. But what happened to you is you had it forced upon you. Like you might've been doing most of it on your own. You had, now, now you're leaving again, you're deploying. You had to find, you were either going to go bankrupt or find somebody to pull it off for you. And you did. You went from went inside your own community, the military community, found a military spouse and she ran with it. And it worked out great. So that's a big lesson in new entrepreneurship is you got to you got to bring in other people to do things for you um, from, from the beginning, from the get go. I, I look back on a couple of my businesses. If I'd spent most of my time writing job descriptions really well, I would have done so much better than just trying to figure things out on my own.
1: Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, no, I mean, I, I can't agree more. I mean, you've got an awesome, you know, set of kind of, you know, potential teammates, uh, both in other service members. And, you know, what i found is, uh, veterans are good. Uh, military spouses are great, uh, because <laughs> yeah. they are not, uh, the, the biggest challenge I find with hiring veterans and that we try to like get people out of this mindset when they, come over to the private sector is uh, the military doesn't, you know, they don't really work with budgets, you know, in theory, you have a budget, but it's kind of, you know, and and you don't have to onboard the cost of manpower, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you're a commander or a first sergeant or a command sergeant major or whatever else, you know, you just want more people all the time, right? right. The more people you get, the better off you are. That's when you get out in the private sector and all of a sudden you're the one that's footing the bill for the people Uh, you know, so that's the biggest challenge we have is we'll have, you know, vets come to us, we need a person to do this, this, and this, and this. And I said, no, we need a better process to do this, 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 and this, you know, (laughs) because the Mm -hmm. process, you know, doesn't cost us much. The person, you know, you've got to have teammates, don't get me wrong. Uh, but that's one of the biggest thing I encourage people to think through is like, don't immediately resort to who do I need to have do this, but like what needs to be done. And is it a process problem or a personnel problem?
0: Right. Well, if you don't have the process ironed out and and really fine tuned, then you can't really hire somebody to that process. And I think that's another rookie mistake is not automating and systematizing your processes, even if you're the one doing them all the time, every day, because the first step in getting help or hiring anybody is having a, a, a big chunk of processes all all ready to go and turned over to somebody else. If you don't have those processes figured out. It's tough to just hire somebody and say, you know, just, just fix everything for me. So, absolutely. I mean, I have, I do, I do have somebody that works for me right now that if I just say fix something for me, she figures it out. But those, those she's, she's a, a special individual. So, um, yeah and I've had a lot of VAs over the years and most of them are you need to do this 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 and this and they're very good at that if you tell them exactly what to do Sarah is is one of those fire and forget weapons that she'll she brings problems to me and she says I noticed this but I already fixed it for you <laughs> so those are hard yeah. to find but you, so you got to have the systemat- system systemization and the automation in place so um, talk a little bit about where you were so where were you at Size-wise, when you left active duty, um, and and how long have you how long have you been out? I know you're still in the reserves. What's your what's your growth been like?
1: So, uh, we had built up while I was in the army up to about a hundred properties, uh, wow. and then in the past year, you know, we've kind of you know more or less three x that in a year. Uh, yes. No yes. kidding.
0: Wow dang that's incredible, so if you don't mind me asking real quick where's the capital coming for uh, from, coming from for uh, acquiring the properties you have a, a set of investors uh,
1: uh, yes uh, we you know we have a mix of uh both properties that we own ourselves that my wife and I have kind of put together, uh-huh. and then we've got a couple other large what we would call separately managed accounts. Mm uh, that we, uh, that we run. Um, and then, you know, we work a lot with individual owners, uh, you know, family who may be, so we manage a lot of properties for other folks as well. Uh, so somebody who's PCSing from one base to another wants to list their house as an Airbnb. We often work with those. Um, and then in addition to that, we do, um, uh, we also do a rental arbitrage. So we'll work with landlords who may want to sign a master lease of, you know, three to five years and allow us to turn around and sublease. So those are a couple different options that, that, that we uh, have.
0: Awesome. Okay. Well, hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I've been doing business with Navy federal credit union for over 31 years. I've used just about every product or service that Navy federal offers. So I can confirm that they're experts in military finances. They get me. They empathize with members' lives and go above and beyond to make sure they don't miss out on financial opportunities. When it comes to buying a car, Navy Federal knows it's a big investment. That's why they offer rates as low as 1.79% APR on new vehicles, along with flexibility with monthly payments and terms. And now, when you refinance your auto loans from another lender, members could save and get $200. Get decisions in seconds and start saving with Navy Federal Credit Union. So when you hear the name Navy Federal Credit Union, remember that they serve all branches of the Armed Forces, even the families of service members and veterans of all branches. To earn and save more as a member, learn more at NavyFederal.org. Navy Federal is federally insured by NCUA. Credit and collateral subject to approval, rates subject to change and based on credit worthiness, so your rate may differ. Refinance loan must be at least $5,000 to be eligible for the $200. Terms and conditions apply. All right, back talking with Army veteran Joe Riley, founder of Patriot Family Home. So, Joe, um, on the break, we were talking about some of the things that you've got going on right now. You're, you actually have a really good internship program, and it's uh, tied in with the Army Career Skills Program, which we talked about at the beginning. So, tell us a little bit about what an internship looks like, either, either for future veterans, uh, anybody getting out of the military, and also military spouse uh, job opportunities.
1: Yeah, so we'll start with the internship first. So uh you know we've gotten to work with some great interns ranging from you know full bird kernels to uh you know uh, junior ncos uh, and kind of everywhere in between Uh, and so interns who come and work for us a couple different paths they could take depending on what they're most interested in so our company's organized around an acquisitions department and that acquisitions department then has a group that's focused on buying new homes. It's focused on the kind of the rental arbitrage master leasing strategy, and one that's focused on uh, sales and business development for traditional kind of management uh, of short term rentals. Um, and then, you know, once a house moves from acquisition, the next phase, if it needs it, is renovation. So if you've got a, uh, if you're interested in construction or rehabbing or house flipping, we've got a reno department. Uh, so folks can go work in the renovations department and kind of see how that works. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after house goes from renovation, it then needs to be uh, furnished and set up. So we run our own warehouse. We procure all the furniture. So if you're interested in logistics or interior design or something of that sort, um, uh, you know, we have to procure all the stuff, get it in the warehouse, have it organized in the warehouse, coordinate delivery from the warehouse to the house, and then obviously furnish and stage the home. Uh, And then finally, then you have your kind of ongoing, management of the properties and that we split into two categories, one being, um, you know, traditional kind of on the ground property management, maintenance, cleaning, uh, where, you know, like local, you know, staffing and so forth. And then the digital piece, which is all the kind of guest communications, guest services, pricing, uh, managing the platforms, all the technology, uh, that piece of it. And then finally, we have our back office functions, which are, you know, HR, insurance, um, and, uh, and accounting. So really, you know, if you, you know, all the way from, if you want to go be a house flipper to, if you want to be, you know, work in accounting, uh, you know, we've got a different place we can plug you in. The one thing that I require of, of, of everyone is I'm a big believer in the kind of Walmart, Sam Walton model of, you know, you kind of waffle house model as well. You in Chick-fil-A, you kind of start at the ground level and you got to be willing to do the job, of everyone that you might be in charge of one day mm-hmm. uh so I, I tell people we had somebody who came to us one time and they were like you know i didn't you know they were very frustrated in the early days of their internship because we were having them do some you know pretty basic menial stuff in houses and that wasn't exactly what they had in mind and they said you know i didn't come here to you know to change locks and change toilets i came here to learn about business development and uh and uh was it business development real estate and i said <laughs> how do you think I started my real estate and business development? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I started, you know, changing toilets and changing locks, uh, mm-hmm. in the fr- very first house and the second house and the third house. And I didn't hire my first employee till we had, you know, about 25, 30 houses. Uh, so, you know, full disclosure, you gotta be willing to get your hands dirty, um, in whatever aspect that mean that may mean customer service. It may mean, you know, being out in the houses and doing some cleaning and some maintenance. But you know what we try to do is take someone from the ground up, so that they understand all different facets of the business. And then as they go through their internship, they come become more specialized in what they're going to do. Um, so yeah, any of those opportunities: acquisitions, renovations, uh, logistics, staging homes, ongoing management, technology, HR, accounting—you kind of name it. We've got opportunities for folks, uh, and that. Translates to military spouses as well. Uh, So, you know, then we have, you know, part time and full time employment options for military spouses. A lot of those uh, folks wind up, you know, because they, you know, need flexible or they need to work remote. So, a lot of those end up, um, you know, kind of working in that kind of customer service or back end, you know, office work Mm -hmm. that can be done remotely. But, you know, certainly we've got some great military spouses who are either willing to travel or who currently live in a market where we're up and operating and want to be kind of on the ground and doing those things. Uh, and then increasingly we've got a great number of uh, folks to us that are spouses of veterans, you know, and their husband's gotten out. And maybe now it's their time to, for their career to take front and center. Um, so all of those different options out there. Um, and uh, and we, we've got some children of, uh, of, of service members and veterans as well who work for us. So we love to, you know, Uh, my wife in particular is very passionate about providing, you know, employment opportunities for military spouses, given, you know, we, like most families moved, I think seven times in eight years or something like that. Um, (laughs) so, so yeah, lots, lots of opportunities for folks who are looking for it.
0: Wow. That's, that's incredible. Um, so it works out pretty well, especially for the military spouses. If they come to work for you, maybe at one, at one base or post, the next PCS, most of the time they're able to maintain their job. Or if not that, that particular job, you've got something else that they can easily be remote for if they weren't remote from the last place they came from. Right. Yeah. And as far as your customers are concerned, Obviously, you're mostly dealing with the military because you're mostly around military bases, but do you have a little bit of non-military customers here and there? or I mean, not like you don't want to deal with regular civilians. It's just you probably don't even have to. You've got so much military business that almost all your customers are exclusively from the military community?
1: Actually not. I mean that was how we started interesting. Um, really. And what shifted from that was COVID. So you know, I think historically, if you'd asked people, uh, what's the most stable source of housing demand that you can think of? It'd be the military, right? right. Um, no matter what happens, the military is going to move. Um, and then COVID hit and the Secretary of Defense put in a stop movement order and we lost 90% of our reservations in the first uh, you know week or two of March uh, when it, in no 2020 kidding. when the order went into effect.
0: How much did the stop PCS, th- how long did the stop PCS thing go on?
1: I mean, it was... We were our military traffic died up for uh, at least into the summer. Um, So we realized pretty quickly we had to diversify. Uh, So we've since moved beyond just military communities. So we're in normal vacation communities and normal urban, you know, uh, communities as well. So no longer just focused on uh, on the military, uh, I'd still say about 60 plus percent of our business is related to military bases in some capacity or another. Huh. Um, so, but, but not exclusively anymore.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Being retired for many years at this point, I, I had no idea that it happened. I, I can only imagine what the stop move thing, how that affected schools and Oh yeah, you know, everyone, you know, I, I finally got my dream job. Nope. You can't go. You know, it's like, Oh, I can only the, the flow down effect the ramifications of all that, which is must've been horrendous.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Yeah. It's been for so, you, business wise. I mean, geez, <laughs> holy yeah.
1: cow. There's a rough, rough go for sure.
0: Yeah. No kidding. Um, so you have, you have a lot of regular PCS moves and then talk a little bit about the difference between, um, properties you own for yourself, properties you manage for other people, if somebody wants to offer their house up as a PCS short-term rental versus a long-term rental. Um what, what are some of the interesting variations in all that?
1: Yeah, so um you know, if you know what we found is that, you know, as families move around all the time, if you're if if you're like us, eventually you get tired of packing up the whole house. So what we say is uh, another option is you can literally just leave your furniture in the house. Um, maybe you have to take some things with you and supplement some stuff, uh, but then use your property as a short-term rental instead of a long-term rental. Um, and uh, you know what we find is the cash flow off of those is you know uh, much better than what they are on, on long-term rentals. Sometimes you know the, the top-line revenue can be as much as three, four x. Uh, what your traditional long-term rent rates would be. Um, and, you know, your biggest cost actually in starting up a short-term rental is the furniture. But if you've already got the furniture in the home, um, that significantly reduces your cost. Um, so, so you can, start, you can uh, charge
0: a much higher rate for a short-term rental.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, because you're charging on a nightly or weekly you know, basis. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we will routinely, you know, cause in our rental arbitrage business, you know, we'll routinely come in and pay, you know, fifteen hundred, eighteen hundred, two thousand $2,000 a month in long-term rent and then turn around and make, you know, five, seven, eight K a month in short-term rent.
0: When you say rental arbitrage, um, explain that.
1: So we're basically coming in and signing a three or five year lease mm-hmm. on a, you know, on a property. Within permission from the landlord to operate it as a short-term rental, so they okay. get the benefit of a guaranteed long-term lease. They don't have to re-lease it every, yeah. you know, year or worry about the tracking down payment from tenants or whatever else. Um, and then, you know, in return, you know, and so, you know, in that scenario, if uh, you know, if we're paying you fifteen hundred dollars a month in rent. And we make a thousand, then you know, been a bad month for us, you know, because we still have to pay the fifteen hundred plus the utilities, plus, right. you know, the cleaning, plus everything else. Right. You know, if we turn around and make six thousand, then good month. Um, so, we basically onboard that risk. So sometimes you'll have property owners who they want to participate in the upside. Uh, of if the property goes really well as a short term rental um, and they're willing to accept the downside risk of slow months, seasonality, and everything else that goes along with the business. Uh, and then others say, you know what, I'm happy with my long term rate. Uh, you know, if you can guarantee a long term lease for, you know, five years and I don't have to think about it for the next five years and you handle, you know, more of the maintenance than what a normal tenant would, yada, 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 then uh, great. So.
0: And so the other benefit is if if you've got a house like that and you got all your stuff in the house, you don't have to pack it all up and move it to storage and have it get ruined in that process. I mean, you probably take a lot more damage and hits packing stuff up and moving it and putting it in storage and pulling out of storage than you do just leaving it there and let other people live there. Yeah. As far as your furniture and stuff goes. And you can always get rid of the take out the the expensive stuff or the stuff you can't afford to
1: Know, yeah, I mean I, I tell people all the <clears> time, <throat> do not put, you know, grandma's uh precious furniture into a house. You know, if it's grandma's furniture that you just want to get rid of, then perfect. But uh uh, you know, if it's a priceless heirloom or a really expensive piece of furniture or art or something like that, uh, you know, you have to recognize these uh short term rentals for what they are and they're good cash flow, but they're gonna get beat up.
0: Yeah. Rental arbitrage. So being Amazon sellers, my wife and I, we're very familiar. We have a whole business based around retail arbitrage. We're getting out of Mm -hmm. Amazon now though, but I've never heard of rental arbitrage. That's, that's, uh, that's fascinating. Great concept. Did you come up with that on your own? How did you stumble across that opportunity?
1: Well, I just ran out of capital. Uh, Uh, so, you know, in starting a business, anybody starting a business knows you, you, you have a constant, uh, game of what's your constraining factor is it capital or, or labor right or capacity yeah and so uh, you know there have been times in our business where uh, capital was our limiting factor and we had plenty of excess capacity so we're kind of in one of those situations right now we had a big push in the fourth quarter of last year an investor came to us we needed to buy him roughly hundred homes in uh, one quarter so we you know expanded out the team to be able to go and deploy that uh, and now you know we're kind of building up our kind of next, you know, source of capital, uh, to go out and deploy. But in the meantime, right, we've got all of this, you know, capacity of great people that we've trained, uh, but not a ton of capital to go out and buy a bunch of new homes. So right. we're actually now pushing. So last quarter of last year, we did like no rental arbitrage, right? We had no interest in it because uh-huh. all of our bandwidth was focused on buying new homes. Now, yes. while we're waiting to build up more capital, we've turned back and we're starting to get back more heavily into the rental arbitrage game.
0: No kidding, <clears throat> man. I love that idea. Like the more I think about it, like that's, I've never heard of that concept. I mean, it's so simple, but, um, I did not know. I've never heard of anybody implementing that, especially in a, in a grand scale, like you guys are doing. So, well, that's awesome.
1: Um, all right. So, I mean, you, you, you do have to be, to be clear, clear, you've got to be very careful with it. So when, um, you uh, got to know the area. Was, yeah, yeah, you know several. Co- so there are some bigger companies that do it. You know, like Sonder. There was a company called Stay Alfred that did this. Huh. Uh, Lyric, a bunch of these that did it in apartment buildings. So they would go out and lease entire floors of apartment buildings, and then turn around and sublease those. And all most all of those, except for one, went bankrupt during COVID, right? Because urban traffic dried up. They were still on the hook for their lease payments. They had no yeah. equity in the property to be able to secure, you know, secure their debt um and so they just went bankrupt yeah, um no
0: cash flow so, goes
1: to zero right so you know we don't do we typically don't do arbitrage in apartment buildings because we find that the the arbitrage opportunity is greater on larger homes if you just think mm-hmm. about what is a short term rental or an Airbnb it is a it is itself an ar- a volume arbitrage off a hotel right so what's the cost of you know four hotel rooms versus a four bedroom house is much different than the cost of one hotel room versus a one bedroom house. Uh, And so to the extent you're arbing long-term rates, you know, again, you're, uh, so analogy I give is if you're, uh, you know, we've got properties that maybe pay a thousand bucks a month in rent and then get $3,000 as a short-term rental. That's an okay deal, but when you build in all your extra costs, it's not that great versus, you know, you pay $2,000 a month in rent for a house and get $7,000 as a short-term rental, right? So that then Delta is much more substantial. Um, so that's where we find that uh, the arbit, you know, people often want to go do it at apartment buildings because it's what's easiest and that gets people in trouble because really, again, you got to recognize it for what it is, which is a volume play vis-a-vis hotel rooms.
0: Wow. Well, um, so Joe, If you're talking to somebody that's still in the military, in transition on the way out, um, you know, just got out, whatever, they're looking to get into entrepreneurship, whether it's um, uh, real estate or rentals or that kind of thing. Like, what, what kind of ideas come to mind, you know, things you wish you could tell yourself a few years ago when you first started doing this?
1: Yeah. I think that the, the biggest thing I would tell myself is to have gotten some, you know, advice from, you know, you're worked with somebody who knew what they were doing. Uh, I made a lot of, uh, significant mistakes in the early days, still make some today. Mm-hmm. And I would have, you know, almost made a couple of mistakes that would have completely, you know, hosed me. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, luckily my wife had better sense. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, that, that would be my biggest advice is that, um, You know, again, you know, as a plug for any sort of internship program, uh, you know, the the private sector is a very different world than than the army. And there are definitely transferable skills, but there's a lot of stuff that you kind of have to relearn and you should take advantage of the opportunity that the army and the Congress and the taxpayers have given you to be able to kind of get a runway uh, off or, you know, some people call it a landing strip. I guess if you're wanting to fully retire, it's a landing. But I, you know, I think of it for you know a lot of folks as is a, is a runway to take off into a next into the next opportunity. Yeah. And instead of having to do that, you know, the day you exit the military and you have no income and no anything else, it's much easier if you can kind of prep the battlefield a little bit and start out, you know, before before that final outdate.
0: Absolutely. If you can get things going before you get out. Absolutely. Like almost like if you can get a business going and it's making money and the only thing keeping you from expanding is your military jobs in the way and taking up all your time. That's like the best position to be in because then when you get out all of a sudden you can go all in with it and then scale it from there. So um, that's the ideal situation. Or if you can get all those mistakes out of of your system while you still get the steady paycheck that even that helps too. So. Um, well, if, if somebody's interested in Patriot Family Homes, either, either they're looking for a place to live or a military spouse or a veteran, somebody getting out interested in the career skills program, how would they get a hold of you?
1: Uh, so they can go to PatriotFamilyHomes.com. So that's, um, just go to www.PatriotFamilyHomes.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also send an email to info at PatriotFamilyHomes.com. And they'll, uh, you know, that'll kind of of gather in uh, your inquiry and then point you to, you know, based on what you say your interest is, uh, point you in the direction of the right, uh, you know, right folks to kind of help figure out a way to get you plugged in. Awesome.
0: Well, Joe, um, you've definitely, I want to ask you this real quick question. Now that you've made it, as far as entrepreneurship goes, would, would would you consider yourself unemployable? Meaning like, could you imagine going back and, and working for someone else these days?
1: I don't know. I don't know that I would say I've made it yet. I, I wake up every morning to a hefty interest payment. So, uh, you know, uh, I think that, uh, I think I'll have made it when, uh, uh when I retire if that ever happens, but, uh, yeah. no, I, w- I would never go back and work and I would be completely unemployable. Uh, and, uh, I was probably, uh, probably unemployable, uh, unemployable from the start. Uh, so that's probably why the army got rid of me. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so yeah.
0: That entrepreneurial attitude, that entrepreneurial mentality, it, it's almost like an ownership mentality, just trying to plug we, yourself back into a large organization just doesn't work very well.
1: We were in church last Sunday and, uh, the, uh, our Sunday school leader asked, said, uh, you know, are you somebody who asked for permission or, uh, forgiveness. And, you know, we go around and, you know, typically, you know, I love, you know, typical Sunday school class, you know, most people, permission, 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 permission. You know, we got to my wife and she was like, I asked for apology. And they got to me and I said, I asked for, I've never asked for permission in my life. And I only asked for apology about half the time.
0: So, <laughs> uh, so, that's awesome. Well, hopefully yeah. they, hopefully you're invited back next Sunday. That's right. <laughs> All right, Joe. Well, uh, thanks for sharing your entrepreneurial success story. It was awesome. And, you know, look forward to your future success.
1: All right. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right. These two veterans are Oscar Mike.
0: Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.